Philosophies of a Cyborg is an original podcast hosted by Steve Logan, co-founder and CEO at Hostgate, a startup revolutionizing experiences. Logan talks about topics as diverse as virtual reality, self-driving vehicles, space travel, and human-robot interaction. He also gives you insider access into life at a fast-growing startup, testing his theories of management and delivering startup lessons with wit and humor. Philosophies of a Cyborg is sponsored and supported by Hostgate. Hey there, listeners. Welcome to today's podcast. My name is Steve Logan, co-founder and CEO at Hostgate. Um, today, I'm joined by Frederick Denga, a computer science student at the University of Jogo Kenyatta. And um, Denga had a couple of questions regarding the simulation hypothesis, and I figured I'd invite him today, um, this being podcast one, um, you know, for Denga to you know just get us all get us started, uh, and you know maybe. Um, at the end of the podcast, you as the listeners will also have some insight regarding um, what exactly the simulation hypothesis is. So, Denga? Uh, thank you very much, Steve Logan, for having me today in this podcast. I'm very delighted to share my opinions and also, also prepare, present a couple of questions mm. uh, regarding the simulation hypothesis. Mm. So, basically, what is the simulation hypothesis? Um, so before I tell you guys what the simulation hypothesis is, I think I can give you know just a, an introduction of how I got you know introduced to the hypothesis. So I think a couple of years back, um, I, I think roughly around the time I was finishing high school, I came across Nick Bostrom's lecture. Nick Bostrom is a philosopher. Um, he's an Oxford philosopher. Um, and uh, Bostrom was proposing that there is a very high possibility that you're living in a computer simulation. And, you know, being like all nuts, I was into the culture of playing video games. And, you know, I played the likes of Fortnite, the likes of Mortal Kombat, and the likes of God of War. And, you know, I had, I, I had this idea that maybe, maybe the world that you're living in is, somewhere, is somehow similar to how you know, live in a video game is. So I started doing a little bit of research here and there, um, and that's how I came across uh, Nick's philosophy. And basically what Nick was proposing is that our physical universe, um, the planets, our brains, the stars, everything in our physical universe is a program in a computer. So, you know, that's basically what the simulation hypothesis is. It's a proposal that all reality, including the Earth and the rest of the universe, could in fact be an artificial, uh, an artificial simulation, such as a computer simulation. Yeah, thank you for that point. And uh, dwelling on the fact that uh, the simulation hypothesis uh, dwells on the fact that uh, we are living in a computer simulation, as we know from the advent of mankind, men have already formed other uh, hypotheses or other uh, theories to base their knowledge on creation and they have uh, noted down the reason why they are supporting their theories. So basically, according to what kind of evidence attempt to support this theory? Well, in regards to evidence, I'll be honest, I really, I really don't see any compelling evidence that, you know, that uh, supports us being in a simulation. But there's a school of thought that argues the universe as it's built, you know, with uh, the quantum laws. 
um, they are akin to how how the laws of a computer work. So, you know, we can say that the atoms in the physical universe are similar to the bits in a computer. Uh, so, after dwelling on, on this point, uh, most people who tend to support this theory state that uh, when you are living in a simulation, we have much higher organisms who are in higher dimensions controlling us. So, about this organism, are they gods or are they advanced aliens beyond of our universe or are they just post-humans which are descendants of uh, the current human race? Well, I, I really don't think that matters because um, the, underlying, the, the, underlying, the underlying nature of whoever built the, the simulation has to be that you know it's probably an individual who has understanding of basic computer science principles. So whether it's God, whether it's an alien civilization, whether it's a post-human civilization, I, I think it's you know just a group of people who have understanding of computer science principles. So um, if it's an alien civilization, it can be a civilization that wanted to um, you know just simulate how they think other civilizations are. So they created humanity to have a rough understanding of you know how how um, species outside their own species you know might act, or if it's a posthuman you know a posthuman form of humanity, our descendants decided to create um, to create us their ancestors so that they can have an idea of how life in this era used to be. So you know for them it's more like an experiment just to peer into history and to understand how the earth used to be in simpler terms. And if it's God, then, you know, well, you can think of it as one alpha software engineer who decided to create the universe, you know, maybe for, for, you know, for their own amusement. So we might be a computer in God's basement in court, uh, a computer in God's basement that's just running for his amusement. So I really don't think the creators of the simulation matter, only that it needs to be uh, individuals, a group of individuals or an individual with a basic understanding of computer science. Yeah, thank you Steve for that point. Uh, judging from the fact that on the previous note, you stated that uh, the previous organisms uh, basically may have made such systems for their own amusements. So, as we know, as humans, we have advanced uh, very much in technology. We have formed uh, frameworks and systems that enable us to have advanced entertainment systems such as video games. Mm -hmm. So, according to you, do you think that such uh, higher-order organisms may have formed such like video game systems uh, to simulate uh, past, past uh, generations of mankind in order to amuse themselves or entertain themselves? Um, well, uh, I think um, looking at the current set of video games, you know, they are very sophisticated sophisticated games like Fortnite. Um, and, you know, clearly the graphics are well done. Uh, the computing power is not as high as you might want it to be, but we've come a really long way as compared to when gaming started maybe in the 70s or the 80s. So I think with the current rate of progress, uh, of progress in regards to game development, we'll get to a point where it'll be very hard to distinguish between a video game and actual reality. At this point, you know, the graphics will be will be so good that they will be an 
they will be indistinguishable from actual reality. And I feel like if at all, you know, a future civilization uh, can be human, can be non-human, a future civilization that is able to fine-tune the video game, that is able to increase the computing power to the point where the characters in the video game achieve some level of consciousness, then yes, it is possible for us to make the characters in the video game conscious. And we really cannot rule out the fact that maybe such a thing has already happened. Maybe um, at, some for, at some part in you know, the, progress, the, the progress of humanity, we got to a point where video games became so powerful that it was possible for you know, the creators to run conscious characters within the game. So there is a possibility that you are living in a video game. And you know, the only reason we cannot distinguish that it's a video game is because the, the, the graphics are very good and the uh, computing power is so large that to us it looks like reality. So yes, there is a possibility that someone created a video game, the video game was so good and you know, the characters in the video game became conscious. So Steve, uh, revolving around the same point, you know that me and you are a fan of video games. You are playing cloud-based video games and you know that in such systems, have uh, tons and tons of live players uh, who are hosted in uh, multiple, multiple servers and they tend to play against themselves. So according to you, do you think that uh, there are a large number of post-human uh, creatures just playing uh, or controlling live players uh, in our current systems or at, at this, uh, or at the humankind and the humans just basically forms of non-playable characters which are composed of multiple lines of code just controlling our consciousness. Wow, that's that's a very good question. Um, so you know you brought out two ideas. There is a possibility that you are live characters in the game and that we are NPCs, non-player characters. So for starters, um, depending on you know depending on the creators of the simulation, they might have decided to create a limited number of live characters, characters with their own consciousness, characters who you know can perceive the environment and make decisions on their own. Then they might have also decided to create a larger number of non-player characters who are just there to let's say fill in the void. So um, when you're playing let's say a video game you know and you're the main character you are consciously making the decisions of the next quest to take and you know where to go and you know shit like that. But along along your um, along your quests you often meet these NPCs, non-player characters who are there to help you along your journey. So there is a possibility that, you know, maybe I am the only conscious um, um, character in the game, then everyone else is an unplayer character who's there to help me along my quest. But I think that is very improbable because for most of the conversations I've had, because if it were an unplayer character, they'd be very limited in their interactions. Let's say when, when you meet an unplayer character in a video game, their task is only to help you with one specific thing. So let's say if you're on a quest to, um, you know, to get treasure off an island and you meet an unplayer character at the shore of, you know, at the shore of the ocean, their role primarily be maybe to give you a clue to help you get to the next destination. And that's it. They cannot do any other interaction besides that. They cannot like, you know, sing a song for you. They cannot talk to you about their favorite show. Um, uh, they cannot tell you about their relationships, all that. And I feel like from the relationships I've had uh, and the conversations I've had, people, you know, uh, the past couple of years, they have a very in-depth understanding of, you know, 
the fundamental workings of the universe. And if not the fundamental workings of the universe, they have some, they, they have a bit of information about themselves, uh, a bit of information about their surrounding. They're able to adapt. They're able to learn things. So I don't lean so much towards the idea that I am the only live character and everyone else is a is, is, is a player character. I think there is a possibility that all of us might be live characters within the video game, with all of us having you know the power to control. Um, our decisions, you know, uh, we have our own free will. We can consciously, um, you know, decide on what to do and not what to do. We can have our likes and dislikes. We can hate. We can love. So, I think this is too complex for us to just rule out and say that, you know, there are NPCs who have very limited functionalities, who are a few lines of code. Because from evidence, you can see that people are often. Um, you know, they are often full of information. They are often um, holistic people. So I don't believe in the idea that we are NPCs in the simulation. Uh, thank you very much for uh, the explanation of this video game theory. Mm -hmm. uh, so basically, uh, you and I uh, have brought uh, up to think that uh, we are in control of a much higher entity, a much higher supreme being. And judging from the fact that since the fall of the Roman Empire and the entry into the Dark Ages, and the, it was the church that ruled it all, controlled all aspects of life. Uh, and for example, uh, during the Renaissance period and the Reformation, uh, there was a lot of uh, struggle, a lot of collision between the scientists and the church. So basically, do you tend to think that this theory uh, is in alignment with the theory of spirituality and is there really a supreme being that controls us all or are they just uh, advanced superhuman systems? Well, I think, um, <laughs> I, I think, you know, for starters, the fact that someone did create the simulation, so the simulation did not magically appear out of nowhere. It's someone who had to sit down, write, you know, a couple of lines of code, or maybe tens of thousands of lines of code, or maybe millions or maybe billions of lines of code. So there is definitely an originator. The simulation did not appear out of nowhere. And I think that that is a similarity uh, when you look at the creation theory, because the creation theory proposes that the universe was created by a supreme, um, you know, uh, omnipresent, omnipotent being. Um, we are really not sure whether the creator of the simulation is omnipotent and omnipresent. It can just be, uh, you know, a, a being or an individual that is significantly smarter than we are, significantly more technologically advanced than we are, but it might be a mortal individual or maybe a mortal group of individuals. So, yes, in regards to this. In, in regards to this simulation having an, origina an originator, that is similar to the creation theory, but whether or not the, the, the creators of the simulation are omnipresent, omnipotent, all powerful beings, that I find less likely. So unless creationists are willing to you know, consider the fact that maybe God is a software engineer um, who wrote the code for the simulation, um, I'd say the only similarity is that both the creation theory and the simulation hypothesis have a creator at the center. Yeah. Only that the nature of the creators differ. One is omnipresent, omnipotent, the other is um, a significantly smarter, technologically advanced entity. Uh, thank you very much for that point. And uh, moreover, uh, as you know, as human beings, uh, we tend to have our own uh, characteristics, our own human nature that is encoded into us. 
and basically uh, greed has been among them and selfishness has been among them and this has caused uh, strifes and skirmishes between us human beings which has uh, culminated in a lot of evil acts and evil results. So basically, do you think that uh, the creators of such simulation systems had in mind to create and inculcate so much evil in our world today? Well, th that's one thing that I've been thinking about. Um, you know, and it's a fun thought experiment for anyone to conduct. If you had the power to create a simulation, I feel like it would be wiser for you to create a benevolent, uh, a benevolent simulation where, you know, everyone is happy, everyone has enough food, and everyone, you know, everyone has a good family, everyone has sufficient love in their life, and all that. But as it appears, the creators of our simulation wanted to create something that is similar to how. Um, you know, to how their actual lives are. So, and imagine the creators of assimilation are people who, you know, suffer from uh, anger, suffer from envy, anxiety. Um, in their, in their, you know, in their, in their planet, they probably have problems such as hunger. They probably have problems such as war. So, they wanted to create a simulation that is as close to how their actual world is, or rather, if not as close to how it actually is similar to how it was in the past so you know for them it was just an experiment to see how life in the past used to be and this is this is you know um, assuming that the simulation is created by our descendants who are maybe 10,000 100,000 you know 100,000 years uh, into the future so i'd say yes to some degree the creators of the simulation have suffered some degree of you know the pain that humanity is suffering. They have seen um, some of the pain that humanity is seeing, and for them, um, it was prudent to create a simulation that is similar to how their actual lives are. Because I don't think any any civilization that you know had it good, a civilization that did not have any kind of pain, that did not have any wars or any you know any kind of hate, would. I don't think it could be in their best interest to create a simulation um, um, that is like ours, unless they, they're trying to see, and unless it's an experiment where they try to see um, the outcome of such such kind of living. So they're trying to see the effects of, let's say, war. So they create a simulation where there's war that takes place, uh, and they track, you know, the the long-term results of, of war. Unless it's that kind of experiment, I really don't think it's prudent for any civilization to, you know, to create something that's not similar to how their lives are. So I think, more or less, this is how life at, at, at you know, the mother planet, if I can call it that, this is how life at the mother planet is like. Yeah, thank you. So judging from the fact that we are in, in, we are in control of uh, advanced organisms uh, living in other worlds or other mother planets, and so we may tend to think that we have uh, we have a creator of this whole system, yeah. So do you think that uh, we are living in nested uh, simulations such that the organisms controlling us are also in other simulations? We tend to build higher and higher up the ladder until it reaches uh, one supreme being or one uh, supreme creature that controls us all. Well, for starters, I think um, the nested simulation goes up at infinitum. I, I think there is no end to it because let's say, for instance, if we as humans are already living in a simulation and a couple of, a couple of hundred years from now, we, 
we, you know, we achieve technological maturity to be able to create our own simulation to create it. Then the, cre- the, the, the characters in that simulation um, live their lives through evolution. I love who they also create their own simulation. And, you know, that simulation manages to create their own simulation and so on and so forth and so forth. So I think if humanity at all is in a simulation, then we cannot rule out the possibility that our creators are also in a simulation. And we also can't rule out the possibility that our creators' creators are in a simulation because there is no way to prove that, you know, that you're not in a simulation. So the best, I'd say the smart thing to do is assume you're in a simulation, then try and work work yourself out of that situation try and you know conduct a thought experiment to um to figure out whether or not you're in a simulation so i'd say yes nested simulations are a possibility and they go to infinity there is no end to nested simulations yeah thank you very much for uh, illustrating on this point but as you know uh, every situation and every hypothesis has its own uh, pros and cons but uh the cons are a little bit too much higher too, but those are beyond the scope of our podcast today. Uh, thank you very much for uh, today's talk, uh, Steve Logan. Back to you. All right. Thank you guys for listening. It's been really awesome. Um, I hope you guys have uh, got a little bit insight into the simulation hypothesis. Um, maybe if you guys have any questions, don't forget to you know ask as many questions as you have, and I'll try answer them uh, in the next you know in the next podcast. Um, thanks for having us, man. It's been a pleasure having you guys. Um, cheers. Remember, this podcast is sponsored by Hostgate, your one-stop shop for unique, memorable experiences. Cheers, guys. Peace out.